0: From 23DB Production Studios in the Garden State, New Jersey, this is The Art of Music Tech with your hosts, Fela and Dennis. Let's go, let's go, let's go, and welcome back to The Art of Music Tech podcast. I'm your host, Fela, and over there is Dennis. Hi, everybody. All right. We have a guest today, right? Yes. Yes. In, in our uh, home studio in New Jersey, uh, we have a one Frank David Green. Say hello, Frank. How
1: are you all doing? <laughs> How you Do, doing, Frank? I'm good, babe. How you doing, man Good. Thanks for uh, candies. All right. Yes. <laughs> You're really good, yes. right? Well, good watermelon. Now. Yeah. few yeah, so in this good, now.
0: Good ice breakers. Yeah. Icebreaker watermelon. Oh, yeah. commercial for yeah. icebreaker. I know, right? <laughs> um I'm going to tell you a little bit about Frank while he's here, make him blush a little. Um, (laughs) Frank David Green is a California native and most notably lead trumpet for the CBS orchestra for the late night show uh, with David Letterman. Frank also spent five years playing lead trumpet, recording and touring with Maynard Ferguson on Broadway. Uh, He's worked with Roy Hargrove, and I know him from Christian McBride. Uh, We were recently on a tour in Europe with him. Um, And recently, most recently, Frank wrote a new book that's on Amazon and Kindle. It's called I Knew That, 116 Thoughts That You Already Know That Will Change Your Life. Welcome to the show, Frank.
1: Thank you. It's fun to be here.
0: <laughs> all right, man. For me, me and Frank, we, we've we had some great discussions about success and how to go about it. Is Over it,
1: 85 it, cups of coffee. Oh, uh, my goodness. So. The
0: coffees we've been through. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> um, but it's a subject we, even me and Dennis, we talk about all the time. Like, what's the next move? How do we move further and what we do in in audio and be able to help out other people and um get that help in return i mean it always comes back when you help out somebody it, it, it never it, it's never a bad thing to help um and i just recently read this book frank and holy oh, yeah. cow thank i you. love it oh, thank yeah you.
1: i read part of it too you guys are so good. Pretty good, pretty good.
0: <laughs> yeah, so um uh, we just want to dig a little bit into your background. We we know you're from uh California and and your your father has quite a legacy as well.
1: So. Yeah, my well my dad is a tech guy actually and yeah. um he uh got his degree in engineering and he taught at uh, Stanford University and he taught at Santa Clara University. And then um in the last years of his life he um was doing a, a venture capital. And his focus was on um, women-owned companies, mm-hmm. and um, to try to give them a leg up in ways that you know that was not really possible for them at the time. So he mm-hmm. was, uh, yeah, he was really into trying to see if he could make a difference in that in that regard.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I stumbled across um, was it the academy? Well, he is there's something in his name? I'm sorry on Facebook that I came across. Well, he, there's a the thing Frank called Green the, the Green Scholars. Scholars, yeah, well, yeah,
1: that, yeah. Um, that was uh, designed to help uh, young electronic students to get, a, uh, you know, some chances and some opportunities. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's really good. It's still going now.
0: Yeah, and, um, yeah. And uh, oh, two great right. women
1: are behind behind that program right now. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's an honor to it's an honor to be his son, you know. And I think of it that way as corny as that might sound, you know.
0: But, yeah, and and how about your mom?
1: My mom was a homemaker. She my mom passed when I was twenty one. And um, ironically, um I didn't finish college because I went on Woody Herman. You know Woody Herman? The Jazz mm-hmm. and the and the Thundering Herd. It was a big band of the of the Buddy Rich, uh oh, okay. Stan Kenton era of bands. And so uh my mom passed away and four months later I, I got pulled out of school to join the uh the, the uh Woody Herman band and so she never really got to even see me mm. do anything just but be a college punk, you know. Okay. So but you know, she was you know, she was a homemaker, but you know, she, she passed away from cancer when I was twenty one. She was forty seven. Mm. Okay. So it's been a while. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. You know, none of us are getting out of here alive. Uh uh-huh. Oh yes.
0: Oh yes. But uh it's up to us to to make stuff happen and I hear you, you know there, with huh? the time we have. Yeah. I hear you. Um so yeah, so starting from there at twenty one. I mean, you didn't even have, you didn't even finish school. So that You're still you know, in there are a lot of college dropouts that I know exactly. they're doing pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, many. Mark Zuckerberg and all. Oh. Yeah. We've, we've, we've chatted extensively yeah. about that too. Um, so you get out of school and you start touring.
1: Yeah. Right away. Yep. Went straight into the road at 21 and, um, in a lot of the guys that I was on that band with, I'm still friends to this day, a lot of them live in New York. So it's, it's pretty cool to have known those guys and been in that fraternity of people for so long.
0: Oh, okay. So where did, where did that next gig take you after the you big know, band?
1: Ironically, um, I did that for a year, and then um, I wanted to uh, finish my degree. So I went back to school. And, um, and just as I was about to go back, I got a call to, um, to work at Walt Disney World, of all places. And uh, so they actually wrote me a check and put me up in a hotel so I could find an apartment. So I thought, man, this is pretty cool. So I'll You're do 21. I'm 22 at this so point. You 22, okay. <laughs> and so I call. But then just as I was driving from my car from the Bay Area through Texas to visit some friends on my way to Orlando, um, I get a call from, um, from the guy that runs the program at North Texas State where I went to college. And he says, don't go to Walt Disney World because the Count Basie Orchestra wants you to play lead trumpet with them. And so now I'm kind of freaking out. I'm twenty-two and these opportunities are are happening. And um, so I called John Fattis. You know, I don't know if any of the people nice. know John Fattis. He's quite a distinguished, you know, musician in his oh, own yeah. And so John gave me some talk about mentors. John mm-hmm. gave me some advice and so you know, he basically he said was you could play the best music in the world, or you could spend your day saying, Have a nice day, have a nice day. And so, but the difference is I had already cashed the check and I was, I was already, I already committed to doing the job. So I just followed through. And the guy that wound up doing it stayed on the band. He's still playing leading the band. So it, was, it worked out good. But yeah. um, I was thankful to have John because he did put it in perspective. And so he made that move to Orlando much easier. Yeah. And then I think I was there for... Five years? I think every five years I do something different, I think. And then um, I wanted to do ships. Back in those days, ships had big bands. They had five trumpets and five trombones and five saxophones and four trumpets and four bones and four saxes. And we were playing oh, shows wow. like Ben Vereen and people like that on a ship. I mean, don't, Those don't exist like that anymore. Yeah. And we played, play, you know, Lou Rawls and people like that were coming out. So um, I did that for a while. And then, and then um, after I pretty much traveled in t- the entire planet, I got off the ship and moved to New York. I did a year, a year of a Broadway tour. Mm-hmm. and then um, and then I moved to New York and I've been here for about 20 years So, uh, why, the, was my
0: why the move to New York
1: you know it's ironic the ship we were on from from France over to New York to sail down to Miami had the engine was blown halfway through which which made for a great crossing for us but uh <laughs> and so we were parked in New York for about 10 days while they fixed the engine so I got to really walk around and see everybody. And I ran into my friend Marcus Printup, who's a jazz trumpet player that plays with the Jazz at Lincoln Center Band. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we were talking a bit about New York. And he said, bro, you should move to New York. I'm like, I don't want to live in New York. And he showed me around a bit. And, he, and by the time I was back on the ship and we sailed back to Miami, I was back in New York. Uh, I, I left the ship and went on and rode with a Broadway tour to see if I'd even like doing Broadway. And then I was back here a year later, and I've been here ever since. Oh, wow. Huh. Do you still like it? <laughs> New York. Yeah. Sometimes I fell off my skateboard today, so I'm not loving that part very much. But <laughs> but
0: that, yeah, that well, you can blame that on New Jersey. But you know, we'll take it. You know, well, to keep you on the East Coast. Yeah, right. I'll take it. Yeah, I like. Natively New York. a West Coast guy, but I still like New York. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So um, you hit New York um, really hard
1: on the ground this hard. morning. Hard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You hit New York hard, mm-hmm. and this is when you were, like, 24, too, as well. You had to hit it hard, and...
1: No, I was much later. I was, I think I moved to New York when I was 36 years old. Oh, Because okay. I spent those other years, you know, between, oh, yeah. um, oh, you know, and in the, oh, that's right, in the middle, I missed the whole part, and then <laughs> yeah. the other five years of that time was, mm-hmm. um, after I did chips, I went on man at Ferguson's Band, and, and so... Um, between those two, and so I did Maynard's band for five years. I keep forgetting about that part because it's just like I can't believe I got to do it. But wow. and um, we record, I guess I recorded two, two, two records with Maynard while I was out, so um, uh, it was it's been fun. I, you wow. know, I can't complain about anything, I know. Uh he was, my Rocky. He, he was my hero when I was a kid. Yeah, Rocky. <laughs> yeah
0: any any kid that's seen yeah. Rocky, yep. you've got to. Yeah, you, you've heard Maynard <laughs> Ferguson. You know, just, just sit
1: next to your hero and your yes. you know, your childhood hero is like, <sighs> you like a five year old every day. You know. So. Wow.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, you play pretty high. You're you're known for your higher notes, and well, you're you, a lead you, player. You, is what you're supposed yeah, to do. you you go after it, and you're known as one of the best around. Well, what was that training? um getting your armature and like how mm-hmm. it, even as a engineer it fascinates me how you know the different levels of this and how it all comes together as a band of just like oh man and it just sounds so cohesive but man oh, not everybody can do that definitely that well, you know on. what you're doing it's,
1: well you know that um one of the things I know people sometimes call it they have to is you're a lead player. They say you have to kind of make sure you're ready for the ta-da notes at the end, you know, of the song. You have to save a little extra in the tank for the ta you know, ta-da. at the end, right? Uh-huh. Well, you know, a lot of songs yeah. have a ta at the end. Yeah. And so um, when I was in college, I went to I went to high school with six trumpet players, right? And I was one of the six, where if you practice at all, at all, for even five minutes, you're already better than pretty much everyone at the school, right? <laughs> and so I went to North Texas State, which I think is called UNT now, Um and I looked on the sign-up sheet. There were 187 trumpet players auditioning for for the for the big bands there, and they had 13 bands. But what I quickly discovered was, if you didn't play in the number one band called the One O'clock, then the guest artists and people like that, they, no one ever heard you. Anyone coming into the school to kind of recruit or kind of sort of recruit or maybe to, to see you know who's doing what, if you weren't in that number one band, like I met I met you know, Marvin Stamm and John Faddis and all those people from touring with the One O'Clock. Mm-hmm. If you weren't in that band, you, no one heard you. And so it was really hard to make a way for yourself if you weren't in that band. And so also, with trumpet, you either play classical trumpet, either back then, you either play classical trumpet, you play jazz trumpet, or you play lead trumpet. Because, because if you don't kind of fall into those one of those three categories, you don't, people can't know how to hire you. They need to, you know, like we talked about before, people have to know how to buy you, you know, where, where to look for you in the grocery store of life, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if you don't have a predominant space at the grocery store on the lead trumpet player aisle, then it's hard for people to buy it. Yeah, you. even. And so luckily, so that was my focus is to yeah. like, get into the best grocery store, you know, on the on the top shelf yeah. of the super lead trumpet player aisle, on the supermarket yeah, of life, you know. <laughs> And so um Fantastic. that's what was my <laughs> focus is to try to get you know into the one o'clock and so, as it turns out, I was the first African American lead player in the one o'clock of all of all the years that they, they were there, so that was a nice feeling to, to know that part but. well I would like to uh well to for for maybe for listeners not for for us, but for you to explain what it means uh when you're like when in your twenties right or in your teens when you're trying to get on that shelf uh how much <laughs> time you have to spend on training getting better and figuring out oh well you know i'm i'm sort of blessed because you know i my uh a few teachers have told me that i'm probably the most pragmatic musician they've ever worked with and um sometimes it's a blessing sometimes it's a curse but we talked about that a little bit about being a bit pragmatic because to me i'm not really concerned with you know i don't have these little side rules i just i'm here and i want to be over there and so it's like what what makes that the easiest way for me to do that and if i have to like practice a certain thing or do a certain thing, but I want to find people that know what they're talking about. And so I pretty much just ignored all my peers because I figured for the, for the handful of information that they might give me, that's correct. They're going to give me probably a whole bunch that's based on a guess. And so I pretty much ignored my peers and only went to people that I could talk to that um, were proven that I could see they're proven to know what they're talking about. And so I was lucky enough to have a really good um, practice room next door neighbor he was a, like a virtuoso classical player, trumpet player. and So I basically figured out whenever he was there, I was there practicing because I figured, hey, I get a daily dose of what this is supposed to sound like. You know, I'll probably never get there, but at least I get a daily dose of what really good is supposed to sound like. I don't have to guess anymore. I'm hearing it right here firsthand next to me. And so, you know, I, and I can tell you this right now. My friend Dan Smith and I, we're, we're really good friends now, and he gave me this this coin when we were in the military. Oh, he's, in the, he's out in a... Fort Meyer right now. He gave me this coin when we um, met that um. It's like, this, uh, that. Yeah. it's like an appreciation of service coin from you know, because now he's out there and he's a pretty big muckety muck out there in Fort Meyer. Bang, but Dan, Dan Smith. And I said to Dan, even if you had tried to shake me by moving to a different practice room, I would have just followed you. <laughs> so you weren't gonna ever get rid of me. So, you know, I'm just you know, whatever whenever you practice I'm, and if you moved and just practice started practicing in your apartment, I just would practice next to you in your apartment. <laughs> so, you know, so it's that you know, that just desire to to, you know, I didn't really care if he told me that I sucked. I was going to keep practicing, you know, uh-huh. and, I wanted to, and I wanted to make sure that I had the best influences around me. So that I figured that'd be the best freeway to get from here to playing lead in the one o'clock. So. so learning from the master was. Uh... Yeah, and just, and just forming relationships with these people, you know, and sometimes it's like he saw it as a level of respect that, you know, I, I respected him so much that I was going to just practice when he practiced so I could hear what good sounded like. <laughs> You know, and he, to so this you would, he talks about you that. you would wake up six a.m. in the morning and start practicing. Have several okay. times, especially okay. when I was younger. Yeah. Okay, yep. yep.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, wow. Um, so now that takes us back to New York mm-hmm. and arriving there. What what were your your first few gigs when you got here, or or did you kind of work the scene more, or you kind of had something?
1: Well, I mean, you know, I was a little older and so I knew some people. I didn't move oh, here yeah. when I was 20. Yeah. I was in my 30s, so I'd already okay. played with Maynard and I already toured and stuff like that. And I yeah. knew a lot, of, a lot of my friends from Orlando lived in New York. But the crazy part is they didn't know I was here. I mean, you, could, you know, this is before Facebook. This is really before <laughs> oh, yeah. my social I have a, media. I have a phone number that I had to pay extra money for because it had to be an easy to remember number. You I know, mean, that's not even heard of anymore <laughs> because, you know, the phones back when. You know, when I first moved here, were just these little brick phone phones that maybe ran for about what forty five minutes. And you had to charge <laughs> yeah. it again, and so uh, they had no numbers. So you had to have an easy to remember number so people could call you. Uh-huh. So people, you couldn't really broadcast you were in town because there was no Facebook. Remember that? There yeah. Was, this is uh two thousand. This is nineteen ninety nine. So a- unless uh,
0: you just showed up to a bunch of clubs every night and did yeah. <laughs> no one even knew you were
1: alive, right? So yeah, so that was so the tricky thing was, um, you know, just. Making sure people kind of knew that you were here, but the, the cool thing is that I had a few friends that were doing Broadway, but I was here about ten days, and um, a friend of mine found out I was here, and so he made his trumpet player make put me to the top of his sub list over in uh, uh, the dinner theater there up in um, Westchester, West Westchester Broadway Theater, I think that's what it's called, and so turns out this guy had a weekend gig at the supper club on forty on Forty Seventh Street. And so he snuck in one day on a day out. He took off the show. to hear me play his show? Which a lot of guys, I think, kind of sneaky do. They kind of hear. They want to hear other sub sound. Yeah. So um, he said, "Man, do you want to come play in my my group on the weekends?" It's like a big band. You want to do that? And I, said, score. I'm new town. You say yes to everything. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Want me to mop your floor? Yeah. No problem. <laughs> but um, so I went up doing that, and in doing that. I met a bunch of guys that were playing with Frank Foster, we were playing with Clark Terry, we were playing oh, all these wow. other guys. And so they would go back and tell, hey, hey there's this new lead player in town that I want to, I want you to check out and see if you like him. And so before you know it, I'm like, oh. all these, do you want to hear the bands I was on? Oh, please okay, do, yes, yes. So I was playing lead, so within, <laughs> about, about within eight months or so of being in town, I'm playing lead trap with Clark Terry. <laughs> I'm playing lead trumpet with Frank Foster Who wrote all those great tunes for Count Basie Yeah I'm playing lead trumpet um,
0: Clark Terry played it, uh, Was in the Carson band as well He was like, in that yeah, band yeah, so, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He, was, he was supposed to be
1: the leader of that band But that's a whole long story yeah, we'll talk so, about <laughs> yeah. Some other time Yeah, but um, So I went up playing lead trumpet with the Dizzy Gillespie Big band, I want to playing Ooh, with John Thaddeus' big band. Hey, right? That's heavy. <laughs> the va- I was in the Vanguard band, uh, Vanguard Jazz Orchestra. Um, I played with Bob Minster's band, yeah. uh, Maria Schneider's band. Um, I went up playing lead trumpet with um, Nicholas Payton and, yeah. um, and with uh, Christian McBride. Uh-huh. And what, So I, at one point I was playing lead. I was in 14 big bands of that type, and I was playing lead in all but two of them. You know, I was playing split lead. In, in the, in the, so for my first eight years or so, it was just nuts. Because then I also had a Broadway show called The Producers. Oh, and that was really? the Mel Brooks show. Yeah, yeah. And so that show was doing really well. And so
0: this was the Matthew I was Brodery never at it with Matt. And so I, Burton, actually, yeah, I know yeah. Matthew very well. So
1: I see Matthew sometimes <laughs> in downtown. He lives not far from the Vanguard. Wow. But um, he and his wife. but uh, Yeah. And so I was, I would get in trouble because I'd never be at my show. I'd always be away. I mean, I was, you know, we would be in Europe, you know, four months out of five months out of the year, you know, doing things. So it was a fun, it was a fun, it was a fun time to be in there. But, you know, those band leaders all get older. You know, Clark's passed away and yeah. Frank Foster's passed away and, and um uh, I mean, Royal Hargrove and those guys are still around. But, you know, hey. some of the other guys that you think about, you know, like Maynard Ferguson has passed yeah. away, you know, but, you know, playing lead trumpet inside Slide Hampton's group and things like that. It yeah. Was, it was crazy. So that's. So
0: uh, what year did you get to New York?
1: I moved here in October of 99. 99. 99 yeah. Oh, okay. All
0: right. Because I remember
1: it was, it was like the big Y2K, the world's yeah. going to come in in thing, yeah. like just right after I moved here, and you know, I was freaked out. So. Oh,
0: yeah. Remember sure. that Y2K yeah. thing? I oh, was like God, totally this, freaking
1: out. Yeah, yeah. Oh. It was
0: like, what's going to happen when it cut, strikes yeah, uh, yeah, we're all going to be dead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Remember, the world's
1: going to explode.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Those are, those are good days right there 99, <laughs> New York City. Wow. <laughs> Um, so that brings us to the 2000s. So what, what happens then that's eight years in you're rocking with several bands.
1: Uh, <laughs> well then, so we're um, on tour with the, uh, Dizzy Gillespie band and we were in, um, mm-hmm. in, um, in, um, Beirut and, um, I was a little nervous. I didn't realize how nervous I was to be there. And so, um, it was our second time there. And um, the first time, I was a little nervous. I didn't realize how nervous I was because, you know, it's, it's just sometimes things happen there that don't happen here. Well, hopefully never happen here. Yeah. But And so um, we were supposed to go out the next year, but then they blew up the runway. There was a big war, and they blew up the runway three days before we were supposed to fly out, so we didn't go. So but then we went again a few years later, and uh, a couple years later, and everything was fine. But we stayed this time by the marina. It's really nice by the marina, but there's a building that had been blown up. That was still blown up. They didn't even fix it yet. And so, you Whoa. know, we're like, look, the people here are so great. They have this issue sometimes. With the people that we see are fantastic. Yeah, so we, we focus on that. So we played up in the ruins up there in Valbach, and, uh, oh, and it's wow. beautiful up there. And wow. so the Roman ruins up there in, in, uh, in Lebanon. But so my phone rings, and because um, uh, I, I got an international you know, you have your So, oh, you know, yeah. you always want your phone, right? Oh, yeah. So, and, um, <laughs> and I get a call, and it's f- Paul Schaefer. And uh and I got a call from his assistant and uh and and his assistant says, Please hold. So I held and Paul says, Hey, your phone rang kinda of funny, uh, where are you? And I don't he said, This is Paul Schaefer, like I don't know who he is. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I was like, Who? Paul who? And so uh he goes, your phone rang kinda of funny. He said, Where where are you? I said I said, We're in and we're in uh in Beirut. He went, What the heck are you doing in Beirut? And I said, I've been asking myself that since we landed. <laughs> And it really kind of broke the ice with me. We may, we still kind of joke about that today to this day, but um, it was you know kind of gave us a moment to kind of have a little laugh. But then he told me, "Hey, we're going to be auditioning for trumpets for the late night show, and um, we want to offer you a chance to audition for a week for the show." It's like every every the all the auditions were one one week long in theory Ooh. in the time. So, uh-huh. I, you know, so I you know I. St- I stopped my knees from shaking, and I said, I'm sure, you know. I was trying to be all cool, you know, like, yeah. like this isn't a big deal. I, you know, I get offered a TV Ooh. show gig every day. And so and so, uh, so we worked out the time, and, and then I went back and played the concert that night, and only one other person knew, and he said, man, considering what just happened, you were, like, pretty cool on the concert. Like, But I was like, yeah, but I'm not cool, man, trust me. I'm not cool at all.
0: Oh, right. So... Wow, take us through that process. A week long, I I didn't realize that. Audition. Audition. How was it? How does that even,
1: yeah. Yeah, here's what it is. This show, they don't really do retapings And so if you (laughs) kind of mess up, that's going to get on TV. And so um, it was a little bit nerve-wracking. But, um, you know, a lot of it, when I first got there, there was some sight reading. And there was some, you know, what kind of tunes do you know? And it was a lot of rapid fire kind of things that, you know, Paul is very very, uh, able to think about many things all at the same time. He's almost a genius at that. He can, mm. he has an encyclopedic knowledge of music, which is pretty scary because he kind of thinks that maybe you, you maybe you're going to need to have one too, which who has, who has <laughs> that? <laughs> and so, um, you know, the, basically it's like, Hey, sight read on TV, you know, and, and, uh, and try to figure stuff out on the fly while you're on TV. So, uh, I got through my first week and I thought, okay, maybe we're good. I have no idea, but you know, the saxophone player said, Hey, you know, some, the way they did the other audition was that they, you know, they caught several guys in, and uh, so they'll probably have you come back maybe in a month or two and maybe do another week. And they'll finally decide maybe after six months, right? So, uh, hey, I was just happy to have the week, you know. Mm-hmm. And I got along with all the, all the guys in the band and Felicia. And it was great. You know Felicia Collins? Yeah, she's great. Writer. Yeah. And Will, Will Lee and Sid and Anton. So, I got along Will with everyone Lee. really well. And Tom M- Bones Malone. Are you kidding oh, me? Oh, come on. And,
0: X, uh, X trombone player. You know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, in short... Um, they said hey can you come back and do it next week i just figured hey they probably just whoever was supposed to do next week probably had to cancel or something happened so i said okay so I, went, I did one more week and uh now i'm starting to think man what now this is kind of weird because they haven't said anything but they said well can you do one more week i thought well this is kind of strange because based on what i was told this is not normal so i got into the second day of my third week and then. I got called into Paul's office afterwards, I thought. Well, this is where they say, well, it's been fun having you, but see you. <laughs> Good yeah. luck. And so Paul said... Turn in um, your sound book. You dig so. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> saying, take your playbook to the coach. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're out of here. You can slip in your locker. <laughs> and so uh, Paul said, uh, we want to offer you the, the job, do you want it? And I well, jokingly well. said, All right, let me, I got to call my wife and ask her if it's okay. <laughs> Which is another joke we have to this day. But... Um, and so I laughed and I said sure. And he says, "Well, so check this out." So I was on the wow. band about ten days after that. And he said, "You know what? I never actually bothered to ask Mr. Letterman if it was cool to hire you." And so, he, so I was like, "Okay." So now I'm definitely fired, you know, because you know he. So um, he came back about ten minutes later. He goes, "Okay, you're you're hired." And so, wow. and so, I, and I see, and I see Mr. Letterman quite often too, and we get to, I get to joke with him about that. So it was great. It was a great three years. Of of time on that band before Dave decided to uh, to grow his beard and do his Netflix show. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: oh yeah, I, it, it was very cool getting to see somebody I knew Ooh. on that band. So I was like, "Oh, oh I know <laughs> and yeah, that." That guy owes me ten bucks. <laughs> We've had coffees <laughs> yeah, together. Well, we still, we'll have more coffees. <laughs> yeah. Wow. All right. And so yeah, that was a that was till two years ago, right?
1: Uh yeah, a couple years ago. Yeah. But I I see those guys a lot. So I feel like we're still doing the show in many ways.
0: Fantastic. Yeah, and you're still doing gigs with Paul. Yeah, I just saw Paul two nights ago. Yeah, exactly. With Nicole Kidman. Uh Name drop. Let's go. Let's drop all the names.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Now let's go.
0: (laughs) New York City name dropping. Wow. So that takes us to the book and ends this episode. Of the art of music, take to leave already. <laughs> oh, no, you're staying. We're gonna have a second part to this. Uh, yes, we're gonna dry out the skateboard mm-hmm. and uh, make sure the wheels are nice and, and nice and uh, and even for you. It was a little rain earlier. Mm-hmm. we're gonna, you know, it's gonna keep it dry in New Jersey.
1: <laughs> Get a couple icebreakers. Um, but ice <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, yes, thank you so much, Frank, and thank you for staying for another second half. Wow, Uh, that's that's a lot of great knowledge in 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 this half. Just his background and just swinging from one swinging band to another.
1: Um. I'll take it. It's it's been fun. I'll take it.
0: Wow, Uh, and now he's written a book on how you can do that kind of stuff as well, and uh, the the right approaches. and And he's already mentioned it. Um, with in, in the stories he's told us, so we'll, we'll button down a little bit more, hatch it down a little bit more on that, um, and, and tamp it up. <laughs> we're gonna get into that as well. So, uh, <laughs> thank you again for listening to the Art of Music Tech. Uh, please uh, share, uh, comment on iTunes, get us further off the chain.
1: Be nice to us, please. Be yes, nice please,
0: please be nice. <laughs> be nice. We're, we're sharing some insane knowledge that you I mean, come on. Frank Green. Let's That we all need. Exactly. You can check us out on iTunes, um, uh, YouTube, uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Uh, check us out at 23dbproductions.com. Um, and please stay for the next episode. And let's go. Let's go. For more information of booking 23db Productions, visit their website at 23dbproductions.com. Like and follow 23db Productions at Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter for the latest work.